Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast for the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We are entering into our sixth year of this Thrive Podcast, and we thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for your viewership and your listenership. Uh, The podcast is available on audio, on iTunes, and on Spotify, and on video, on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Vimeo. Uh, As always, we encourage your feedback. You can reach out to me at fredjeffsmith at gmail.com, fredjeffsmith at gmail.com, and let us know uh, how we're doing and what we could do to improve and make the podcast uh, better and more usable for you. I am honored and humbled uh, to be surrounded by uh, some esteemed colleagues of mine, people who I count uh, not just as ministerial colleagues, but as close friends. Uh, Pastor Tommy in Gibson of the Donaldson Chapel uh, Baptist Church, Dr. Errol Domain of the Elm Grove Baptist Church, and Pastor Dale Flowers of the New Sunlight and Redwood Baptist Churches of our community. And collectively, uh, with a couple of others, we are Prophetic Voices, a coalition of concerned clergy. And I have asked uh, my friends to come and share with uh, me today and to share with you today our thoughts as we move closer to our uh, Saturday Black History uh, classes uh, that we are going to be offering throughout uh, the month of February. Uh, Every Saturday in February, for most of us, for Donaldson Chapel, it will be on Sundays during their Sunday school hour, but we will be offering black history courses uh, designed uh, to help to enhance our young people's knowledge of their own past and to perhaps uh, help serve as a catalyst to propel them forward in their thinking as to what they can do in the future. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming by and sharing with us today. So what do you think about uh, what it is that has brought us to this point to make this decision uh, to undertake this, uh, this project? I think it is uh, the dominant culture's last gasp attempt. They put all their fight in making sure that the myth of white supremacy remains. Uh, and so as they try to choke real history out of, out of the school systems, out of formal ed- education, it is up to us, right? People who know better uh, in our churches, in our homes, at the dinner table, uh, wherever we can gather with our people, especially our children, to make sure uh, that they know the whole truth about, uh, about what's going on. I think it's, it's uh, funny. Really, when you think about it, you know, they try they talk about CRT without a real understanding of CRT, critical race theory. Right. And I'm sure Tommy can speak more to this to this than I can, but uh, you know, I I just think it's funny that you can't stop people from knowing the truth. And so that's what has brought us to this point that thank God I have colleagues, friends who see the world like I see it and want to make sure that, you know, the truth gets to our people so we'll understand who we are. Pastor Flowers? I agree uh, with Pastor Domain. Now, he did say something that, you know, you can't stop, what, people from knowing the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they have, you know, for like a long time. That's know, what they th- That song by the old song by Lucy Ends has been on my mind uh, a lot. Uh, you can't stop the rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, like in, in my own case, I didn't really get into black history until you know, I was out of college. I was, mm. you know, I was living in California and was working in Westwood right outside of UCLA's campus. Mm. And there was a little old lady, Melva Menace. Melva was from uh, the Bahamas, I think. Haiti, I don't know where Melva was from. But at lunchtime, we had a bookstore next door. Me- Melva would always go to the bookstore and read, just being there reading. And I'm like, I'm 
restaurants, eating, coming back. So I said, Mother, why do you go to the bookstore every day to read? She says, because that's what you should be doing. Mm. And she took me in there. I went in with her one day, and she introduced me to Alice Walker, you know, the color purple, uh, Toni Morrison. I hadn't heard of, you know, and here mm -hmm. I am, Southern University, Kenley High School, Dufrock, whatnot, you know, right here in South Baton Rouge, and had never heard of it. And then uh, I started reading that, and I read Malcolm X's autobiography. And Malcolm said when he was in prison, you know, he stopped, he started reading the dictionary, and he just stopped reading fiction. So I said, wow. And that made me start really getting into history, and I stopped reading fiction. Mm -hmm. There were two things he said. He said, real men don't wear tennis shoes, and they don't read fiction. So I stopped wearing tennis shoes for about six months. That was about six months. I, I, I got to have my tennis shoe. But, you know, that, that is, that's how I got into knowing my history. Yeah. You know, it was you know, not until I was 20, 22, 23 years old. And I think we have to make sure that our young people know our history, that it doesn't get to that point before they begin to have a thirst for who we are and where we've come from. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with uh, Errol and, and Dale. Uh, I grew up uh, in a household where if you had a question, you had to go pull the World Book Encyclopedia mm -hmm. uh, to get your answer. And some of the answers that we had was not there, but uh, uh, like Dale in uh, high school, I think we all at one point attended the same high school, except for... <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it was... Uh, James Baldwin, The Fire Next Time, autobiography of Malcolm uh, X, The Spook Who Sat By, by the Door, uh, all of uh, Angela Davis' books, and, mm -hmm. and the list goes on and on. And, and more than just the historical uh, facts, and even when I was uh, much older to read uh, Carter Woodson, uh, The Miseducation of, of the Negro, mm -hmm. I was... Uh, that was an eye-opener, uh, because I didn't read that, that book till I was in the seminary, and it was a signed reading. I said, what this book got to do with the seminary? <laughs> and, and, and you see uh, that, uh, as I was said, we were taught certain things, and we all uh, pastor predominantly African-American uh, churches, mm -hmm. and I think a pastor has a, a, a responsibility to teach the truth, and uh, for for centuries, uh, the African-American church has been the anchor institution in our communities to provide uh, learning and leadership and self-identity. But so often we could not uh, be, have responsible positions anywhere in society except in the church and in the church. And, and uh, integration was a necessity, but we lost something in uh, integration. And now, because doing segregation, it was easy to write revisionist history. Mm -hmm. It was easy to, to, because uh, all most of us saw on television was uh, Buckwheat with the Little Rascals, uh, Roscoe with, 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 with yes, Jack sir. Benny, and somebody running around in the woods with Tarzan chasing them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, so, yes, but that's that was in, intentional. So we have to, and as uh, Errol meant that the critical race uh, theory is an interpretive tool that actually been around a while, but it was uh, uh, expedited with, in the legal field with Derrick Bell. Uh, it is saying, how does white supremacy maintain in control? Uh, whether you're talking about in race relationships and uh, the, the economy. And uh, it's, it's very important to self-identity very important to know the, the, the truth. Not teaching anything radical, just mm -hmm. the simple truth. Yes. Yes. When I was a kid uh, going to Southern Lab, uh, every February we were responsible in elementary school uh, to do black history projects. Uh, and, and you had to uh, pick, well, in some cases the teacher picked it for you but you were responsible for picking uh, a notable figure from black history 
and doing an essay or research paper, some kind of project around that person. Now, granted, I'm old, so that was a long, long time ago. But it's troubling to me that succeeding generations of African-American children uh, have not been tasked with the same uh, responsibility. Hence, we don't know anything about who we are. Uh, uh, we know Martin Luther King had a dream. And we know Rosa Parks sat down uh, on a bus and, and wouldn't give up her seat. We know that at one point we were enslaved. And if you ask people of a certain generation to talk any more than around those generalities and maybe a couple more, they really don't know how to do it. They have no base of understanding. They have no education for that. Who is responsible for that if not the school system mm -hmm. and the home? I, I don't put it solely on the yeah. school system. Uh, I think home bears a certain responsibility for that. And if the school system is not going to do it, and it does not seem like they are, and if the home is not going to do it or is incapable of doing it, then it becomes the province of the African-American church mm -hmm. to step in and, and, and fill the gap and try to provide some kind of substantive education about who we are, where we came from, and where it is that we are trying to go. You, everybody's mentioned CRT, critical race theory. What critical race theory essentially says is that there are systemic problems that exist within America that have led to the racial inequities that we currently have. That's a very narrow uh, uh, explanation of what CRT. So my question is not why is CRT uh, coming under the microscope or, or the magnifying glass of, of so many folks. My question is, what took it so long? What, what took us so long to finally get to the place where we start talking about systemic problems that exist? I learned about systemic problems that existed within this community, not in a classroom, at the dinner table, <laughs> listening to yes. conversations that took place at the dinner table. And, and, and so I'm wondering, what is it about our people, our community, in succeeding generations in, in this 21st century, mm. Uh, that we have lost the ability to hold these conversations with each other uh, apart from schools and, and churches yeah. and things. Why is it that we have to do this? Because nobody else is. It's an uh, open-ended question. But. Well, I think that um, uh, your father and uh, my mentor, my father in the ministry, uh, he would always quote... Uh, Reverend, uh, the late Reverend T.J. Jemison, uh, who actually led the first bus boycott mm -hmm. uh, in the country. Uh, church is only two or three blocks from here. And he said folks would always ask Reverend Jemison, can you repeat that with this issue or that issue? Mm -hmm. And he said, do you think our folk going to leave their comfortable, comfortable jobs mm -hmm. uh, in their uh, safe positions to place themselves at risk to to do do radical actions, and uh, the, the, what I'm getting at is assimilation. I think it's a sociological phenomenon mm -hmm. that when you have that synergy, that assimilation, you you lose something, you lose something. And I think we have been naive to think. You remember we had a period where the media was promoting at the election of Barack Obama. Do we mm -hmm. live in a colorblind oh, society. Sure. <laughs> no, no, when you go to work, you find out that you're not in colorblind When you're standing on the elevator and they refuse to get on the elevator because you're standing there, you know you're not in a colorblind mm -hmm. society. Yeah. So, uh, and I think, I think we do teach our children. We just have to put some system uh, in it because every, uh, I know every, one of my sons, when he first started driving, uh, he came home, he was angry. He said, the police stopped him. And he said, I wasn't doing anything. 
I said, welcome to be a black man. Won't be your last time. Stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. I think we do teach. We do we do, do teach, but it's how the, the problem comes in when you interact with what, and here's another problem that once was the dominant society, mm -hmm. you know, that once was the dominant race, mm -hmm. which is slowly evaporated. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and to keep, you know, the myth that George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, cherry tree <laughs> and Abraham Lincoln loved black folk, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just not so. Yes. It's the economics of it, mm -hmm. the economics of the system. And I think that's, as our, as our young people go out into a capitalistic society and want to do well, uh, they need to understand. They need to understand how to how to navigate uh, the system and who they are, that I don't have to become an honorary white man to be CEO, CEO mm -hmm. of this Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I, if I want to wear my loud suit and <laughs> colorful tie, yes. that's fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think it is not as bad as we say because like these two young men are hip, hip hoppers and young men, they're not gonna change the way they dress because somebody tells them <laughs> that's what right, they have right. to do. And I think that's what we're facing, you know, so. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think uh, as a radio host that I listen to says, whiteness is a powerful drug. And the closer we get to that myth, and I wanna keep calling it a myth, of white supremacy, the closer we get to that, the more it makes us feel like something, you know, just mm -hmm. like a drug would do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the assimilation that, that Tommy mentioned, the honorable black or uh, white man, you know, I got this position so I can't afford to mess that up, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'm gonna push away from who I am and, uh, and who I know I need to be. So, you know, I think the more we educate one another, Right? not just children, but one another, about the truth of who we are from whence we come. Because we can't start, can't start talking about black people during the Atlantic slave trade, because mm -hmm. then you're erasing you know, tens yeah. of thousands of years of life before we even met Europeans, mm -hmm. the dominant culture. You know? uh, so we, when we start back there and shoot, show the people who knew how to conduct themselves in life, right, and how to build civilization, and how, how uh, white people stole from us, right, and how crooked uh, our people were treated, then I think it lifts us to the place where we recognize, oh, this is the truth. What was that stuff they taught me for 13 mm -hmm. years in school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I'm going to shout out from the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> my, my, my daughter's there, and they still do those projects. They do those. Good. Elementary. Glad yeah. to know it. Yes, they still do them. Um, she did Shirley Chisholm. Uh, she wanted to do um, Rosa Parks or, you know, someone very familiar. I said, no, we're going to dig a little. Mm -hmm. And she knows everything there is to know about Shirley Chisholm. Well. It was a few years ago. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think that it falls upon us. Every, from what I'm seeing and reading, every... Eth ethnicity, every race passes on to those behind them mm -hmm. their culture, mm -hmm. uh, their victories, and even their defeats. We, we, we're going to talk about the Holocaust until we leave this place or the Lord returns. Right. Because they teach it. They teach it. They make sure that they repeat it to their children. And heaven help you if you. Yeah, you ask, ask uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, you, 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 you will find out. But we've got to get to that point where we are pouring in to our young people, not only those children around this table, I'm certain they have it, but those who may not have the parents that we are or aspire to be. Uh, and it, it falls to the church if the school isn't going to do it. Uh, but and when I say teaching the children, but also the parents, we've got to mm -hmm. show some parents the way, mm -hmm. so then they can pour into their children and they see the importance of it. Uh, and and 
it's a big order, but if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. Yes, indeed. You know, so you know, we, we, we've got to step up uh, and sometimes have those arrows and bullets <laughs> shot at us and thrown at us uh, and, and just do the work. To teach adult and young to appreciate your heritage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Time moves on. Time moves on. And uh, Fred, you may not know, know but I, I know Dale. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I defeat the stereotype. I'm a black man with no rhythm. <laughs> cannot sing, cannot dance, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I love music. Yeah, but I love music, and I, and, and I tried to play in the band. And <clears throat> this guy taught that everything black was wrong. Mm. And uh, to look over, probably the greatest composer in American history is Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, and so, uh, and this. Music is a genre that is pure mm-hmm. African American, mm-hmm. pure uh, uh, African. Uh, created mm-hmm. by African Americans. So I, I think we have to teach the appreciation uh, to to our young. Mm-hmm. You need to 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 know. You, you need to know classical ballet and, and country, but to know what you brought. Uh, I started, I think his name is Sante. Uh, I, but he has a Ph.D. in literature, and he had to study Shakespeare and all, all, all that. And he say he suddenly realized that he had no interest <laughs> in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he, he understood it, but mm-hmm. the, the black poets, the, uh, the rappers, uh, I, I mean, they're poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we continue to create uh, new New, new, new genre and music. We had worked at the church some some years ago. I was not there, and whatever work required required the fire department to come out and inspect the building. And I was not there. My wife was there, and one of the the firemen walked up. The, we have a picture of Jesus, black Jesus, and he was <laughs> motioning to his friend and snickering and come over looking. <laughs> I said, Lord, bless that I wasn't there. So if I if I go to Japan and they have a picture of an Asian Jesus, I understand. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and Jesus did not look like Michael Bolton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Uh, you, know, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus didn't look like that. Yes. Uh, uh, who's the quarterback for Jacksonville? Oh, the long hair guy. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Lawrence. Jesus yeah. didn't look like that. Uh, uh, he looked like a Palestinian in North Africa 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, more, he looked, probably more looked like he was from Opelousas or Lafayette. So, right? <laughs> 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 and, but the, that needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. But the symbol is important. The symbol mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, well, that, that's the why they whitewashed it. Yeah, you know, it is. And if and if Asian, they want a, a, a Asian-looking Jesus. That's fine with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fred, it's real too, man. Because you know my daughter goes to a predominantly white school, mm-hmm. right? So I got to be careful to practice Kwanzaa at home. To you know bring the right kind of books at home for mm-hmm. us to read. Even yesterday, we had a conversation about the Atlantic slave trade. She had never heard of such, mm. right? So we had to talk through. In one of the highest rated schools yes. in, in, in Louisiana. Yes, yeah. so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's real and it, and it hits us in the face every day if we're willing to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you respond to the accusation that to emphasize black history is to in some way want to teach our children to hate other cultures, other races, other groups of people. And I asked that question because that's the way it was responded to me uh, in this podcast. I I had a gentleman here uh, uh, who was running for uh, political office, and I asked him to give me his uh, understanding of what critical race theory was, 
And he said it was a tool, by, and, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not a quote. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 it was a tool by which uh, people are trying to teach black people to hate other races of peoples. What's now, your understanding of critical race theory? From, from, you know, honestly, my understanding is that it says that all white people are prejudiced. Uh, just from the context that they send out to us and from what other people, including the black community, are saying. That's critical race theory to me. I mean, it shouldn't even be an issue, honestly. You're a human being. I'm a human being. We're yes. both citizens. It should not be an issue. People are making issues out of stuff that should not even be there. Should we not teach what happened? Yes. We okay. should teach everything. So, we should so, teach so, from the so if point. We teach, if we teach what happened, mm -hmm. then we have to deal with issues of slavery. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with issues of Jim Crow. Yes. We have to deal with issues of systemic racism without be going through a long litany of things. Yes. We have to deal with the realities of systemic racism. History. And we have to deal with the fact that systemic racism has a direct impact on the current status of people today, economically, socially, psychologically, you were talking about mental health, mm -hmm. that, that systemic racism has a direct impact on all of those things. Yes. I'm, I, I don't agree with you that critical race theory is being taught in any public school anywhere. I'm not aware of that. I'm going to go back and check on California. Mm -hmm. um, but I know it's not being taught in Louisiana. Right. But I'm a proponent of teaching the truth. Yes. And I have concerns about those who would cover up the truth simply because the truth is uncomfortable for one or two people. Now, I did my very best to correct him on that, and he was, he was open to, to, to what I said. Mm -hmm. But what comes to me is if he's thinking that, there are thousands of others who feel exactly the same way. Livingston Parish just uh, mm. passed uh, some kind of rule within their school board, made it a part of policy that uh, nothing be taught having to do with critical race theory. Well, nothing is being taught nothing with regard to, right. yeah. but, but, but they saw it as a, a, a proactive thing just in case anybody was thinking about doing it. And, and, and when you read the quotes of, uh, of those who supported the idea, all of it was surrounded by the fact that we're all one and we shouldn't be teaching that one person, one group is, is superior to another group and that kind of thing shouldn't take place. You read further down into the article, this is why you need to stop just reading the headline and you need to read the whole article. You read further down into the article and it's blatant censorship. They said that teachers, educators, could not utilize any materials that had not been pre-approved mm -hmm. by the school board, by the school system, in order to, to teach or, or, or even give any kind of additional education to the students without prior approval. So I know that there is a thought process out there among some people uh, that uh, by, by emphasizing black history classes, we're somehow doing something that uh, speaks against other cultures, people. How would you respond to, 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 to such an accusation? One, what your guest showed you is how he or she was taught to be stupid. Yeah. Right? That's, <laughs> that's just really stupid, yeah. if, you, if you put it plainly. Uh, uh, two, I, I would suggest, and my thought just left me. You had to come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would say it's, it's fear. You know, living in fear. I, I once heard someone say, and it, it just, it, it, I had to agree with it. He said that our white brothers are taught that they are the best things since sliced bread from first grade to 12th grade. So for the first 12 years of our lives, and we're all taught that, that whites are superior and we are inferior. Well, now when we come to say, no, that's not the truth. You know, you guys are not superior, nor are we inferior. Let's tell the truth, and 
when the truth gets out there, then we can work together as one. Then, then we can uh, be on one accord. But as long as you guys, and this is in the church, outside of the church, in our schools, in our communities, we've got to be able to tell our people the truth. We've got to be able to have them have some pride in themselves beyond what they're told about being captured in Africa and coming over here and being docile and agreeing with everything that Massa did and Massa said. No, there were some, some, some brothers and sisters for the most part who did everything they could to fight against slavery. Mm -hmm. But of course they didn't have the weaponry, just like today. We don't have some of the weaponry that those who are the dominant culture have. But what we do have is education. Mm -hmm. And we have to properly teach our young people to use it to the best of their advantage. But let's tell them the truth. Yeah, uh, to piggyback, uh, to answer that question in a twofold way. One, uh, historically, uh, chiming in on what uh, Dale said is uh, about the fear. Uh, the victor gets to write the history. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and they have not realized they lost the war. You know, <laughs> they, they lost the war. <laughs> and this country allowed them to return yes. back exactly. to, this, to the status quo. Yes. But they lost the, the war. Mm -hmm. But the people who were free have no intentions of going back. And when they put up those uh, rebel flags and those statues, we had no input mm -hmm. into it, and it's, we're not going to bow down to it. Mm -hmm. And I went to school in Richmond. They had a boulevard there called Monument Boulevard. Mm. I mean, they had statues, looked like it was 20, 30, all, all the way like that, two or three block area, Jeb Stewart, Robert E. Lee, all of these horses. For, and um, when they, that girl, when they start tearing them down and had all the protests out there, I called one of my classmates. I said, did you go? He said, yeah, you took me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what he said I said. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's the fear. And the uh, other thing about teach the, uh, the truth, I think common sense tells you that when the truth is taught, somebody going to get mad. Mm -hmm. Somebody going to get mad. And, but I go back to, this is a true story about what a local pastor of a predominantly black church was asked to speak during one of our troubled times recently at a predominantly white church. And they had a newspaper article. And I think he was going to, they thought he was going to come in and say some uh, smooth stuff. Kumbaya. But he said... I wonder what white preachers are preaching about. Because he said, get mad. Well, if everybody loves, many times we are, we are more forgiving mm -hmm. than the, the structure. I'm not talking about individual people, but uh, to, get, to, to, to get mad. But if, you, if, you, if both black and white and all other races are teaching love, Nobody's going to get that type of angry, uh, uh, what your daddy always says. It might be a little righteous indignation, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, because what, what it also reveals that only a fool trip, trip over the same rock twice. Mm -hmm. Okay, you, you resegregated the school, so, mm -hmm. okay, that's fine. Give us the money. Mm -hmm. we, we can teach ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know, give us the mm -hmm. money. So it's a, an important uh, a part. And I think pastors play... Uh, 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 great. It's a fine line. When do you take a stand, and when do you go along? It's a very old movie from the early '60s. Uh, Ivan Dixon. It's, I think it's nothing but a man. Old black and white movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and Abby Lincoln, and he was in this southern town, and they were trying to unionize, <clears throat> and he lost his job, and he had other issues, and he married Abby Lincoln, and her daddy was the big preacher in town and he told him he said boy you need to go go back and do right just follow the system and he he was very respectful but he looked at him he said you've been stooping so long you don't know how to stand mm -hmm. <laughs> so and I, I think when just teaching the truth is about taking a stand i yeah. think too often we have 
folk who are supposed to lead are afraid to take a stand. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they don't want too many people to get angry and start taking a stand. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think attributes to that unwillingness to stand? Miseducation of the Negro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think there's an economics component. I agree that there is miseducation. I also agree that there's a lot of kumbaya stuff that, that people want to do. But I think primarily it has to do with money. Uh, yeah. th th this nation is not so Christian that we can just eliminate the money component, even when you're talking about the church, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you can't do ministry without money. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, very difficult to, 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 to do anything substantive in America without having access to dollars. And there is a fear, in my opinion, amongst uh, church leaders of, of African-American mm -hmm. background, uh, that if I become too pronounced in, in my uh, uh, expression of displeasure with America, that somehow or other it's going to affect pocketbooks. Look at how most of our people are paid. Uh, we, we don't have churches filled with entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or, or independently wealthy people. They work at the plant. They, they work mm -hmm. at Exxon, they work mm -hmm. at Dow, they teach school, they, 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 they work side by side with white folk, and their check is signed mm -hmm. by somebody white. And, and, and I would imagine that there is a concern that if we go, if, if us goes too far, mm -hmm. that somehow or other it's going to affect uh, the, 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 the dollars that are given to the church so that the church can continue to do ministry. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, about I'll that? go with that. And it's, it's certainly that fear. I mean, when we think of any movement, it's often performed by young folks who have not achieved anything yet. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they haven't become comfortable. Mm -hmm. And when you become comfortable, you don't want to rock the boat, you know, because I could lose all of this. I would agree with that being a part of it, but I would also say that some of them don't know. Some of them are ignorant to the truth because they've been taught the lie so long that they believe the lie. Uh, where I went to seminary, I went down there among some other brothers and sisters, and I shook my head because they were being indoctrinated mm -hmm. into what was being taught. And I'm like, what the? I mean, but For the I record, had... he went to New Orleans Baptist Theological <laughs> Seminary, of which I am also an alum. <laughs> so I'm nodding yes. my head because I yes. know exactly what you're uh, talking yes. about. I mean, but my pastor, before I went down there, said, hey, you go down there, you get the information, you pass the class, but don't you swallow everything they're going to try and pour down your throat. Right. And then he would give me books to read. Arrow did the same thing. Hey, hey Dale, because he went before me, read this. And he kept me straight. Yeah. I could have easily been, as I watched those others, get indoctrinated mm -hmm. and believe, and then I come back and teach that to the folks that God has made me responsible for. Yeah. So some of them are just ignorant. They, they yeah. don't know. And, you know, some of it is they choose to be ignorant. Some of it is, you know, they just are where they are. I think it goes back to, it's financial now, but I think it's come down generation from generation of people that saw the slave who got caught running away getting his head cut off mm -hmm. and put on the, or fought back, that is, mm -hmm. the rebellion, uh, to seeing the, the modern day lynching, I mean, the lynchings of the 20th century, mm -hmm. right? And those stories, I think, just passed that don't, don't go and cause no trouble. And now they can't lynch us like that, well, they mm -hmm. do, but. Uh, but now they lynch us financially. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the people we try to preach to that I think mm -hmm. you're absolutely right, who have to worry about paying mortgages, and like we talked about last week, they expect us to go out 
and say those things. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the pastor, the leader, do those things that might cause some trouble. Sometimes even, uh, I know I'm right when I say we have all taken arrows for standing up mm -hmm. for people that that essentially say, well, we pay you to get out there and say and do those things that mm -hmm. we can't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I went to Birmingham last week for the midwinter board meeting of our National Baptist Convention, USA Incorporated. And while anybody who knows me knows I ain't got a whole lot of good to say about our convention, one thing Jerry Young, who is the president of the convention, said that resonated with me uh, was, in the next generation, if we are not careful, black churches are going to have difficulty borrowing money from white mm. institutions in order to build or expand their facilities or operate programs mm -hmm. based upon what we preach. Mm. They're going to start uh, uh, excluding churches based upon what they preach because we're borrowing from white folk mm -hmm. and white folk don't want to hear the 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 pro-african message that black churches uh are known uh to give or some of us are known uh to give and, and so they they will find a way to withhold monies from us and I, mm -hmm. I i i spent two days out there i hear a whole lot that 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 made me think but i did hear that and 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 it struck me because i think that that's very possible and and probably to an extent has already started mm -hmm. to take place. Uh, uh, it, it, it's not just a credit score, and, and it's not just a financial uh, history. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, th there are people who are sitting in rooms making decisions, and they're saying, no, mm -hmm. we, we ain't giving them mm -hmm. no money. We're not going to extend ourselves uh, to them. So the lynching, to use your term, continues. Yes. Because we as a people have not taken full advantage of uh, independence, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 of self-financing. Mm -hmm. In Baton Rouge, to my knowledge, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, there are two primarily black institutions, that's uh, uh, two, two primarily mm -hmm. black lending institutions. Mm -hmm. That's Liberty Bank mm -hmm. and Southern University Credit Union. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is operated by somebody other mm -hmm. than us. That doesn't bode well for, 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 for the future. If they were to collectively take a mind and say, we ain't going to fund them. Mm -hmm. we, we, we're not going to give them uh, the same uh, level of, uh, of support that we would give others. Your thoughts? I'll go first because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one is, what's new, right? And you think about it, our ancestors walked away from slavery with nothing mm -hmm. and built institutions yeah. with, mm -hmm. without the support of, of the larger society, right? So what's new with that, too? Maybe that's what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe then we will stop taking our money to their banks every Monday and making them rich pull our money and say we're going to the to the black so-called because I don't think they're all the way black that's mm -hmm. another sermon mm -hmm. uh, so-called black institutions put our money in there that way they will have the means to loan to us as they should I think it's a, a tragedy for our people and the people who are outside of the church who are angry with us are right about it when they say we take hard-earned money by black people and go give mm -hmm. it to XYZ bank that don't give a care See, I didn't curse <laughs> about, about our community, mm -hmm. our people, but they want you to bring that money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're still a nigga when they're in the board meeting, mm -hmm. right? But they Don't want edit your that money. out. Mm -hmm. Keep it in there. <clears throat> right? So maybe that's what needs to happen. All chaos is not bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dale? Um, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we need to pool... Our, as Errol said, learn from our ancestors. Pull our resources together. Because I shouldn't have to go to someone who I know does not have my best interest at heart to borrow from him or her. 
around this table, we should be able to say, if I'm in need, I can come to Fred, I can come to Tommy, I can come to Errol. And you guys can come to me and we can say, you know what, I can't do it and neither can I, but if we come together, we can get this done. I mean, that's what we're doing now. Exactly. That's what we're doing, we're teaching these classes. Where we're saying we're gonna come together as a unit and do what's best for our community. And we have to do that at every level if we're really going to be independent uh, and teach our young people what true entrepreneurship is and what true independence is. Yeah, yeah I, I, I forgot what state it was, but the, the, uh, the double duty dollar that you make the dollar, mm -hmm. uh, your dollars go through the community mm -hmm. as, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But outside of the separate institutions, uh, you know, corporate America responds to the c consumer demands. And I, I, as, as blacks move up in these, some of these, what we call white institutions, have blacks way mm -hmm. uh, yes, at the top. Indeed. I think mm -hmm. a few of them, the CEOs mm -hmm. uh, are African Americans. So I, I think that you, that you have to apply uh, the pressure, like with the community development dollars, or the uh, the dollars that these major corporation and venture uh, uh, capitalists and th those who uh, uh, fund pro uh, fund uh, projects that you have to force them to 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 spend the the money where it needs to be, and that's not that is not an easy task uh, hmm. because. You know, some folks can have a shovel in a pickup truck and go get the money, but sometimes all we can get is a new car loan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. That goes back to what we were saying earlier, though, because yeah. they know Monday morning mm -hmm. the treasurer's going to show up, right? The only way they will respond to us are better in giving us what mm -hmm. we need and what we deserve is to say, okay, cool. No, we're not coming over there. Mm -hmm. You don't need a loan. No, we're good. Yeah. I <laughs> I forget who it was, but this person was in the know, and they worked in the field that your background, urban planning and so forth, and they said what happened to North Baton Rouge hmm. was intentional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was intentional. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen by accident, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so... And going back to what Dale said, it's the fear. Now, it is not as easy to do that today as it was 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. If you take it to another field, I mean, police shootings been going on mm -hmm. for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. But George Floyd and the sort of events before and after George Floyd, that was a turning. That's a that was a transformative e e event, and uh, and with technology and the informational mm, right. age, we always believed that it was something going on in the smoke filled room. It's not. It was always in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. We just didn't didn't see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you just you just can't get away with this stuff. So I think I don't know what's going to happen, but. The point in teaching history is, yeah, there are new methods, but the folks are trying for the same outcome. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I heard yesterday that, you know, we have proven that we can uh, make you do what's right by us. Uh, we will either shut you down and or, to use a term that dominant culture really mm -hmm. hates is cancel you. Mm -hmm. Think about Tommy Hilfiger in the mm -hmm. 90s. Black mm -hmm. folk was wearing but we heard, it might not even been true, mm -hmm. it was a rumor <laughs> that he said something about black folk. Mm -hmm. We stopped buying his clothes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't even hear nobody mm -hmm. wearing that yeah. stuff no more. Mm -hmm. So we've proven we can do it yeah. if we yeah. just decide to. Yeah. 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 Same thing with uh, Gory Vanderbilt, a generation before that. Mm -hmm. or, or, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. She made some comment about the shape of black women mm -hmm. and she didn't design her, mm -hmm. her her pants to fit the shape of, of a black woman okay well i don't hear too much about mm -hmm. glory vanderbilt anymore uh one other question 
the stratification that exists within the African-American culture, the economic stratification that, that has come about over the past 40, 50 years, uh, I see it more uh, uh, blatantly in the stratification that exists within the black church, that there is a contingent of African-American people who have made their way over to white churches. It, really and truly, it's not a large percentage of them. It, 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 it's a significant number, but it's not an overwhelming number. Mm -hmm. by, by, by most uh, uh, statistical uh, research data, it's 15%. 15% of African-American people who, who find their way into white churches. My problem is, there is now a generation and perhaps two generations of our people who don't know anything about the African-American yes. church. It is not their experience. And, and, and I see us as trying to do something that we think is beneficial to black people, and yet we have to be cognizant of the fact that there's a, a section of black folk that don't even know anything about us. How, how do we reach those people? Uh, with, with what it is that we are trying to do. Beyond the black history class, it's just the, the message that we're trying to convey. Richard Allen started the African-American church in this country fighting for justice. He started it because the white church members would not allow the black church members to sit with them in the congregation. Mm -hmm. You know what he said? We're going to build our own church. Yes and left them. Yes. And a black church that's not fighting for justice, this is just me, is not an authentic black church. Mm -hmm. White churches. Say that again, are, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> so that I'm not the only person who, 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 who said it yes, sir, on, right. on this podcast. <laughs> All these minds are like around yes. this table. But yeah, a black church that's not fighting for justice is not a black church. It may have black people in it. It may be led by a black face, mm -hmm. but it is not the black church. And when a white church certainly isn't do well, let me say this, most white churches right. certainly are not doing that. And when we flock to those churches, uh, we are, I shouldn't say selling out, but we are denying ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens in those moments, when there is a problem, those same blacks were in those churches, who do they come running to to help them right. in that situation? It's right. as simple as paying the electric. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's right. And, and Or when they get themselves in trouble on the job or something, or, or when, when there's an attack from someone else, they come running to us. Where's your pastor? You know, deal with this. What the? So why are you somewhere worshiping with the people being led by people who will not fight for you. They're fighting for people who look like them. So why not be a part of a church that's fighting for people who look like you? It, 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 it boggles my mind. And again, um, I've heard, you know, we've all heard, you know, uh, the black church, the pastor isn't educated, you know, he, they, they're just up there putting on a show, not really preaching and teaching like I get over here at this church. Everyone around this table is as educated or more educated more. than any Caucasian white pastor in this city. Yes. So that's not something that yes. you can throw around anymore. Yes. It, 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 it is not the case. It is a choice that they've made for their own sometimes selfish reasons, because in order for me to move, move up this ladder, I've got to associate with these people, even in this environment. Right. You know, so right. it's, it's, it's sad. And I'm going to go on and on, but Tommy <laughs> Errol, I'm, I'm going to leave it up well, to you One guys. of the things in teaching uh, history in the 1800s, what was taught by the black abolitionists and the Frederick Douglasses and Martin Delaney and the list goes on and on and on. It was about elevation. I, I, I think uh, one of the critiques 
that we all deal with is not to sometimes we fight for justice about selfish issues that concern us, but we don't fight for justice, period. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that there are other issues: immigration, environmental, lifestyle issues, fundamentalism versus this, and and many folk, I think. don't come to the traditional church because they don't want to put up with the foolishness. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, we all went through that when we were younger, but we we, we stuck with it. You know, music. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, music. The music changed, yeah, because uh, that's just culture. So I, I think we have to be introspective. Uh, uh the conservative, black folks are more conservative about oh, yeah. uh, abundant issues. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. we with, are. With, with with no reason for being. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, immigration. Folk coming back home. You know, <laughs> it was theirs first. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was theirs first. You know, uh, from 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 Canada down to Mexico, South America, brother, all yeah. the way down, it was all there. Yeah. You know, so um, oh, we, the same system that oppressed them is the same system that oppressed us. Yes, but you know. The guy get the jerk, work two turnarounds at the plants. He he suddenly, mm. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. he said the better. And 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 the elevation part part of teaching history is that, and and it's just not a cliche. You know, folks died for you to be able to go to school. Mm-hmm. The folks died mm-hmm. for you yes. to you, you, you know you you need to to take microbiology. You you need to learn how to build computer computer websites. Mm-hmm. You you. Uh, you know, and you know, at one time all we could do is be school teachers and preachers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we have shortage of, uh, of black doctors. Yeah. Yeah. You talk to someone, what you raising? Criminal justice? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I want you to know you're going to hear that piece about personal justice versus collective. You're going to hear that in one of my sermons. It's <laughs> <laughs> an excellent point. Oh, and you yes. will hear me say that they're only coming home <laughs> yeah. more than once, too. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's right. <laughs> But but I think even the so-called predominantly white churches with secularism, if I think they, I think they're gonna struggle just as much. You look at what's going on currently with uh, uh, evangelical fundamentalism and mm-hmm. conservative politics, uh, national, state, perhaps even local. What you discover is they don't believe in Jesus. When it affects a conservative, they stop believing mm-hmm. in Jesus. When it was Bill Clinton and a spot on a dress, well, you know, let, let, mm-hmm. let's be moral, let's be upright, let, let, let's be proprietary. When it was Donald Trump grabbing women by their private parts, Mm -hmm. it's, well, we're not voting for a messiah. We're voting for Mm -hmm. a a, a president. They don't believe Mm -hmm. in Jesus. Because if you believe in Jesus, then you believe in Jesus across Mm -hmm. the board. I might not agree with everything you say about Jesus, but at least I'd be uh, uh, appreciative of the fact that you're consistent about it. I, I believe this all the way across. When Sterling happened, these black folk who went to white churches couldn't get mm-hmm. their white pastors to say one blessed word. And some black pastors. And some mm-hmm. black pastors. Mm-hmm. But but they wouldn't say a thing about the fact that this black man was shot and killed by white law enforcement mm-hmm. without a cause. Yep. And 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 they could not understand why the black community was in such an uproar. Jimmy Swaggart stood on his platform yes. and said that they deserve to be shot mm-hmm. if they touch one facility, one business. 
uh, if, if, if they threaten to loot one business, they deserve to be shot. And yet we continue to run and put our, our, our dollars in these ministries and, 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 and give support to them. I don't understand. I don't understand the black guy who goes to Bethany. I don't understand the black guy who goes to Healing Place. I don't understand the black guy who goes to Family Worship Center. When I ain't talking ancient past, I'm talking recent past. It is clear that their Jesus and our Jesus ain't the same Jesus. Amen. Um, recently, we saw them, in my opinion, be released to be concerned for a moment, and then when that moment passed, they went right back to being themselves. That was the death of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Oh, everybody was. I'm watching brothers that never said anything like, whoa. But after a little while, we went right back to where we were. Um, you know, we, we've, we, we've got to remain committed to who we are, uh, committed to our God, uh, committed to working for the greater good of all of us and not just a few. They believe in carrying their guns, and they're not going to give up their guns. I don't care if it's school children getting shot in Connecticut or uh, people getting shot at a concert in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 we will not give up our guns. We will not support any legislation that says that we're going to curtail the ability to buy guns because guns are part of our culture and, and, and they are a constitutional right about uh -huh. so you need an AK-47 to shoot a deer they have a problem with who had the gun they believe in king's marches and getting beat up but they didn't learn about the brothers and sisters in the bushes just in case they pop up <laughs> that's right, they that's right. Shoot back. Yeah. Well, they know now <laughs> but but even that Second Amendment, I mean, when you read it, when you really know what the formation of it, yes, yeah. it was every white male, yeah. I think 18 years or whatever age, was going to own a gun. And his reason for owning that gun was to keep black people in place, in slavery, in the inferior position. That's what the Second Amendment is about. It's, it's really not about just owning a gun. It's about owning a gun to keep black people in place. After the, 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 the overthrow in Haiti, white folks over here lost their mind. Oh, we can't let that happen over here. Arm every able-bodied male right. so we right. can keep what we have right. so we can continue to build this country uh, on the backs, the bodies of black people. So when you know, but our young people, all they hear is Second Amendment. Second Amendment, because that's Second Amendment, but they don't know the truth behind the Second Amendment. And that's what we must do, teach the truth of our history. This is why the Second Amendment, when, when, when the Constitution was written, it wasn't written for us. It wasn't written for folks look, look like us. It wasn't written for white women. It was written for white males, yes. free white males. Yes. And those who are in servitude, when they were somehow released from it, maybe they could go in the back door or something. But it was not meant for us. So let's let's tell the truth. When we say, uh, what is it, uh, these politicians that say they're going to get back to the Constitution, what, what do they call it, back uh, to the, our founding fathers? Originalism? Yeah, there you go. Well, originally, <laughs> we were property. So when you go running back to what the founding fathers said, know what they said when it when it came to Absolutely. us. So don't just grab a hold of that. Yes. It was a compromised document. So yeah. Well, for these reasons and others, uh, Prophetic Voices has uh, made a commitment that we're going to initiate black history classes on Saturdays and in the case of Donaldson Chapel on Sundays. Uh, throughout the month of February. Yes, sir. And Elm Grove. And Elm Grove. Yeah. The, you, Elm, Elm Grove is also going Sunday. to the Sunday okay. model. Okay. Uh, uh, so what I am encouraging our listeners to do uh, is to register for 
uh, these black history classes. We're not charging anybody anything. It is absolutely free of charge. You register just so that we can have an idea of how to properly prepare so that when you come, mm -hmm. uh, we are able to properly receive you. Uh, Shiloh is going to have them from 9 until 11 on every Saturday in February. That's the 4th, the 11th, the 18th, and the 25th. Uh, uh, there will be 9 to 11 at New Sunlight and 10 till 12 at Redwood. Sunday mornings at 830. Uh, 8 to 10 at Donaldson on Sundays. Okay. So you have... Uh, 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 an opportunity to go in. And, and the reason why we're doing it that way rather than to try to get everybody to come into one central location is we want everybody to have uh, uh, as much of an opportunity to attend as possible and if we have these classes in multiple locations that makes it uh, more advantageous for you uh, to, 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 to be a part. Uh, we really want you to give us uh, a couple of hours of your time four Saturdays in February. And we think that it can be the beginnings of something big. I hope that it's not an end to anything. I hope that it's the yes. beginning yes, it of is. something much larger. Uh, anything anybody want to say before we wrap this? I, I, I told you I'll be 45 minutes. We're already at an hour and 10 minutes. So we're well over our time. <clears throat> well, come out. Please come out and share with us. The, the, the material is here. Teachers are here. All we need are students. So come on out. Amen. <laughs> I want to thank Pastor Tommy Gibson, Pastor Errol Domain, Pastor Dale Flowers, uh, and the other members of Prophetic Voices who are, who are not present with us. I want to thank all of them for their commitment to this effort. I want to thank you for your listening. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. We'll be back again next time.